phone working? It is working. Okay. I can hear you. Yeah, you sound great. Okay. It's all good. It's all good. Was that best friends when she's like hugs and kisses? <laughs> it's all good, baby. <laughs> Sorry. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the first ever morning episode. This is why we are not equipped to be morning talk show hosts because those people have to be on drugs. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way you're getting up at 4 a.m. and getting pretty and then like just chatting at 6. Hey, what's up? So, anyway, so welcome. I'm Christy. Danielle's in. California. We're waking up. Everyone's waking up. It's Saturday morning, but we wanted to uh, go ahead and fit in this recording for you because it is our very last movie Minnesota for the third Deer Street uh, movie, which is 1666. Danielle, did you get to watch it? Yes, I did my homework. I hope so. Okay, good. Because it's going to be a weird episode <laughs> if you can't. I mean, get to and watch speaking it. it up as they go along, like so. When the aliens, <laughs> it was pretty cool. I'm like, wow, I missed that. I am not as smart as Daniel. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> right. So yeah, it's called snacks with Stein. We obviously eat while we record, but this morning for real, <laughs> we're eating. It's breakfast for us. Give us a break. There's also going to be some coffee drinking. So you people that like ASMR will be really, really happy, and people that don't can listen to something else. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to recap. It's our very last. We're coming to the end of this journey uh, with Netflix. Uh, but we know it's Netflix, so it's probably actually not the end. It's like, you know, good night, and then they come out for eight encores. Um, it made a lot of right now. popular, so it may come back. We'll see. I feel like it is. I'm seeing a lot of stuff from the director where it's like, I want to make this like, a, you know, the the MCU, is that how you say it? Universe of oh, like Lord. horror. Yeah. Which there's a ton of opportunity for. Like we haven't <laughs> scratched the surface of each of these monsters. You could easily do a movie for each one. Like True. Mm-hmm. M- lots of opportunity for that. So, and I'd yeah. be open to that. It'd be, an, it'd be interesting. I think so. So, okay. So, we of course, we open with a recap. But we're not going to do that because you guys can go back and listen to the next, the last couple episodes. <laughs> we did that during the, that time. So, we don't need to recap. Yeah. Um, also, once again, we're going to talk our way through this whole thing. So, if you have not seen the movie, please pause the show, stop the show, and go watch it. Because we're going to ruin everything. Just everything. Yep. Ruined it. Ruined it. Okay, so first off, I have, I love this opening music, um, but I kind of want it to have like a beat come in though. It was just like really pretty violin. I was like, ooh, you could have like a beat drop in the back, but that didn't happen because we're in the past. So we're here with uh, Dina, and I almost forgot her name for a minute, and she's in Sarah Fear's body, right? And we know this because she's called in by her brother, Henry, who I believe in the future, his name is Josh. And mm-hmm. they're trying to, like, help this pig have its piglets. And judging by the non-reaction that Dina has when she sees what's going on and how she kind of, like, expertly helps this pig get the piglet out without killing both of them, 
it's safe to say that in this flashback, wherever we are, Dina is in Seraphir's body, but she's not driving the body. Um, right. She's kind of watching it like a movie, right? And mm-hmm. in a very Wizard of Oz kind of feeling, like all the people from Dina's life are now present in this flashback in Sarah's life. Right. And I was going to ask you what you thought, because I wasn't quite sure. Is it because this is Dina's experience and she's projecting those people into those roles? Or are we meant to believe that these people are reincarnated like from 300 years ago? Exactly. I think the, your theory, that theory is more fun, but I think it's more just a projection. But because obviously so Dina does not look like the real Sarah, you know, like, you know what I mean? There's no like, they don't look like each other later in life, you know? Right, so, right. So that makes me think it's more just a okay. projection. Like, that's what she knows. So she's seeing. Because if everyone you know, was reincarnated, she would look like herself. Some way. Yeah. You would think she would right. look some, something like her. Yeah. I mean, their hair is kind of the similar, but that's really it. And that could just gotcha, be because gotcha. of the lack of conditioner in the 1600s. So, I mean, that's right. Fine. True. <laughs> so, okay. So, from here on out, um, just to like kind of save confusion, I'll reference who those people are in the first movie. Like I said, you should have already watched this movie. Um, yeah. While we're in the past, we'll probably use their past names, and then when we get to the future, we'll we'll reset. So, I'll try to minimize the confusion. But again, you're probably going to need to watch it first. Mm-hmm. Oh, coffee. I need to start an IV drip. <clears throat> I wish that existed. Oh, man. I, I think that's a bad idea, actually, because people, we can't have nice things. You know? True. Can you imagine? True. People would be up, like, all night, like, mining Bitcoin or some bullshit. Like, people would die. Um, You'd be racing can't, horses. I'd be racing my all horses night. all night. We can't have <laughs> nice things. Um... So, yeah, so Sarah, like, helps the little pig, and all the piglets are alive, and yay, now we can eat them in the wintertime. Um, Sarah's true. father. Huh? I hated the pig part. I was like, go away with these pigs. It was scary. I didn't like it. I think it was to, like, let us know in this time period, like, there's no fucking around. Like, you make a couple mistakes, and you die. Like, if you don't... Right. Get this pig out without killing both of them. There might not be enough food, and hey, we might starve to death in a slow, horrible agony in the winter time. Like true. At this time, everything is about like food. How do we get food? How do we stay warm? How do we not freeze? That's where mm-hmm. we are. Um. So I think it was just kind of a reality check. Like, okay, we are in this yeah. place now where it things are bloody and intense. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. Sarah's father comes in, and I wrote, is it the cop? Because I thought it was cop good for a minute, but it it's not. Who Who's her dad in the future? Do you I remember? I think he's just a rando. Rando, right. Never so I was met, like, I cannot place him. We've never met their dad, right? Josh and Dina's parents. No, he's never, never around. Yeah. So maybe he really is her dad, but we don't, like Dina's dad really, but we don't know that because... 
we've never met him. So he could not be. He could have really it could be Sarah's dad. We don't know. Okay. Okay. Well, she's talking to her dad and he's saying that, you know, he's proud of her. And she's putting mm-hmm. one of these little piglets in a bag. She's like, okay, well, I'm going to go take this to Solomon. And her dad's kind of giving her a hard time. He's like, no. so mad. I was like, why would you put a piglet in a bag? I was so I upset. So we love animals and we like to cuddle them. But they <laughs> see animals purely as food. And sometimes. I was upset. I didn't sometimes animals travel better when they can't see. Okay. So. Yeah. To make you feel just a little bit better, it might have actually freaked the little piglet out to try to, like, carry him through town under her arm mm. more than maybe traveling where he can't see. Please don't write me hate mail. I'm trying to make Danielle feel better. I feel better I a little bit. baby piglets. Who okay. does? Gross people. <laughs> yeah. Um... So he's like, you know, you could marry Solomon. Like, he's he's a widower. He's like, he's lost it. You know, he needs somebody to take care of him. You guys seem to get along. She's like, yeah, that's not going to happen, Dad. But she also kind of grins a little bit. So I'm going, okay, well, wait a minute. Is there some, like, okay. So then she goes off to take this pig to Solomon. So we get this whole montage of her walking through the town, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And there's more amazing violin music. She walks by Kate. And then she kind of whispers to her that there's a film. At first, I was confused about what the hell they were saying. Because it sounded strange. Yeah. And so Kate in the past is the same as Kate in the future. Because she kind of shows Sarah that she's got this, like, bottle full of booze ready. And (laughs) and then we see Simon, which is nice to see him again. Uh And... But he's also into the shenanigans because what, what they're actually doing is, is they're saying this like code phrase at each other, right? So then like right. the full moon rises mm-hmm. and enjoy the fruit of the whatever uh, something. <laughs> it's kind of like the eagle has landed. Shit's about to go down. Um, mm-hmm. And we run into our sisters from 1978 and they are now Constance and Abigail. And they're also in on this shit too. So I'm thinking um, this is a pasture party, right? Yeah. You're, mm-hmm. you're from the city. Where are my country kids at? We used to, that's what this is. This is calling everybody up going, we're going to meet at so-and-so's land and go have a pasture party because you're so far out, the cops don't come and get you. Um, <laughs> not that I would know. Uh, Never did you ever go to one of those. Oh, no. <laughs> In my defense, not until college, but then it was on. Okay. That's fair. Because I went to college in Oklahoma, so it was just college pastor parties. Um, it looked too young to go. Like, what's her name? The one Ziggy. Well, Ziggy later, whatever her name was in this one. Yeah. I was like, well, that was the whole argument. She was like, well, I'm going. She's like, you know, you're not. But I'm going to yeah. tell mom. So that dynamic hasn't changed really in 300 years. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we see... Sarah's love interest. And I know I've said it before, but, like, they have such good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Hannah, who I believe is Sam in the future, and is, of course, yeah. she's the pastor's daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell because her bonnet has, like, little flowers embroidered on it. And I, I swear on this coffee, I am not going to costume shame this whole movie because I could. But... <laughs> 
It's kind. It's what I do for a living, and I'm sorry. I have to interject. In this time, modesty was prized above all else. You would not have seen this little flower bullshit from anybody, but especially mm. not the pastor's daughter. And all the hair would have been covered in caps, even the children. So especially flowers our little redheaded front. No, anything to make yourself stand out would be considered ostentatious. Oh, okay. That's why everything is black. Everything is brown. Not only because they didn't have access to the dyes that were required to make those kind of colors, or the fact that she wouldn't have had access to the thread that was recolored to make, or that yeah. was required to make those flowers, because dyes were yeah. expensive. And these flowers right. were like bright blue and red. Like it never would have happened. And it certainly wouldn't oh. have happened with the pastor's daughter. So the costuming right. in this movie is extremely problematic. <laughs> I'm a little upset about it because I've noted on our other ones that they did so well. And, yeah. And it seems so natural. And all it took here was a little bit of research. And we could have had it here, but it's like because we aren't familiar with those time periods, mm-hmm. we didn't take the time. And that was a little since, annoying for me. Since we're talking about it, I'll just get my gripe out of the way. You're an expert, so yours is a much more educated gripe than mine. I was just, I felt like with the costumes, I was watching a film of like the Crucible. Like I got like a $5 budget and I had to throw these costumes together for these people and we're going to go film the Crucible today. And that's like the vibe I got from the costumes. I was like, "Mm, these aren't so great. Well, and there was a slight, and and yes, it's the 1600s. So you're going to have a little bit of a pirate vibe. So that's understandable. But you also have to consider, like, and no one cares. It's Christie's Costume Corner. Um, you also have to consider what it takes to make clothes and what resources were available. Right. And in an extremely, like, poverish um, situations, mm-hmm. you're going to see a lot more, like, draping of mm. clothes than extremely fitted doublets and bodices and coats and like you might have one of those in your wardrobe for like church Mm -hmm. um but you're gonna see mostly like a lot of skirts and like shirt you know like it was it was disappointing for me as a costume designer it was it was a little disappointing for me it was definitely Um, a letdown for the final like i was like but that shit with the bonnet just triggered me i was like really (laughs) like i understand what they're trying to do they're like oh look at her she's the best in town because she's the pastor's daughter but in reality she probably would have got beat for that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, anyways, sorry about that. Costume rant currently over. Um, but yeah, so Sarah is like, she's heavy eye fucking Hannah. And we're surprised to know, you know, Hannah is also going to go to this gathering. And it's super cute scene. And they're grinning at each other. I just, I just love these two actors together, I think. I am so bought into their love story. Um, so she keeps walking through town and she walks past Thomas, who I believe is our Tommy from 1978. Um, and he's like, yeah, he's like, like the- falling out of the outhouse, which I wrote gross because he definitely didn't wash his hands. Um, <laughs> he doesn't look like he's he had a bath like, year. Actually. Oh my God. He's got a mouth of like super fucked up teeth. Yeah. Like they said later that he's drunk, but it made me want to Google what 
like STD he's got that makes his teeth fall out. Like something. There's something up with him. I think he uh, just has bad hygiene. Like his hair looks dirty. His teeth are a mess. Like I know it's again, hygiene was not a priority, but everyone else looked fairly clean. And this guy looks like he's did rolled look around. Fairly clean. He looks like he's just rolled around in dirt for a year. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so he falls out of this outhouse and he immediately comes on to Sarah and starts like sexually harassing her. And she basically tells him to go fuck himself and kind of pushes him off and goes into the woods. And she's off to Solomon's house, right? Like little mm-hmm. Red Riding Hood. <laughs> and at first I wrote, who is this dude? The cop? Yes, it's the cop. This is Nick Good. Um, and he's trying to, <clears throat> excuse me, he's trying to farm and I put, and not be a douche, right? Because you can tell yeah. right away that he's different than the rest of the townspeople. Mm-hmm. He's not really concerned about things that are stupid. Yeah. And there's there's a scene, but like, I know we just saw her with Hannah, but I got some tension between her and Salt. Like, I feel like she's flirting with him. Yeah, they definitely had, like, some kind of vibes. I don't know, like, what vibes they were giving off, but there was something. It wasn't just, like, platonic, here's your pig, bye, kind of, you know, bye. No, there was there was something there. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I was, cons- like, I was super confused because we had just had this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And she always seems so sure in all the other movies about her orientation. But in, in this one, I felt like she definitely, there was something else happening. Right. Um, so she's kind of flirting with him. She gives him the piglet as a, like a gift. And he knows about the gathering too. Like he knows about the pasture party. And he's like, you know, there's only trouble out in the woods. And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. We're going to go. It's going to be fun and it's like on the night that the full moon rises sarah gets caught sneaking out by her brother henry but she goes anyway and Mm -hmm. sarah and i just put kate because i never caught her past name no idea i didn't either and hannah all start walking through the woods to this widow's house right right and the widow is the true witch in the woods type of thing people go to her for trading and healing and other things you you go to the widow when the church ain't working right right and sarah says that solomon told her that the widow has ties to like the native americans that were on the land before they got there and at some point this widow even like fell in love with one of the tribe um and the girls are talking about how like yeah, Abigail, who I think used to be Cindy, had to go to the widow after she caught some kind of, like, STD from Mad Thomas. Um, <laughs> I guess she needed, like, a cream or something. Uh, um, and the widow helped her out. So they get to the widow's house. She's not there. And they decide to look around for these, like, berries, okay? Which, sure, I don't know what kind of berries they are, but yeah, that's kind of weird. kind of, like... Trippy berries. I'm not aware of berries that make you trip, but maybe there are some. You guys can educate me if you if you know of a tiny berry that works like ecstasy, because I've never heard of it. Me either. Um, don't you feel like we probably would have by now? I would think by now. <laughs> we'll be out in the woods. Especially with psychedelics making a comeback, you know, I would think somebody right. would have said this berry is the thing. <laughs> right. But it, it's like, it's 100% ecstasy. It's an ecstasy berry. We don't yeah. know. So they start looking around and Sarah immediately finds this like grimoire. Okay. 
it's basically like a big ass witchy book. It's a lot of witchcraft and she's turning the pages and there's like animal sacrifices and specifically laid out deals with the devil. And she starts reading out loud this list of demons mentioned in this book, right? <laughs> Sarah. Yeah. Come on now. They That's don't a bad have idea. They don't they didn't have the benefit back then of what having watched like Evil Dead and stuff where it's like you don't read weird languages. You just don't. What does it tell you? Don't. Like, you don't. You just leave it alone. You can read it in your head silently if you want, but never read it out loud. <laughs> also, the drawings in this book look just like the skeleton costume from 1994. I'm not sure if that's significant or not. I didn't catch um, that. that again. Yeah, it's the same. And of course, Sarah is caught by the widow who we know is Nurse Lane from 1978. Yep. And the widow calls on her and she's like, hey, don't call out the devil. Like the full moon, the veil is thin. The devil can hear you. He wants to get all up inside you and <laughs> hey, get out of my house. Right? It's a yep. whole thing where she's like, hey, listen, don't fuck with this stuff. Get out. But right. it's cool because meanwhile, Kate found the ecstasy berries. Mm-hmm. So they're good to go. And now we're at the pastor party. And it looks like just the whole town is there. How big is this town? There's a lot of people at this pastor party. And they all kind of like eat these berries and start tripping balls, right? Caleb, who I believe is the boyfriend from 1994. I think so. Tries to pull Hannah off into the woods. Sarah breaks it up and kind of like makes fun of him. He's got this like gigantic boner. Um, and Hannah and Sarah run off into the woods to get it on. Right? Cool. So they're out there doing their thing and they hear branches breaking and they're like, oh crap, somebody's probably watching us. Let's run out of the woods. And of course, the person that sees them, what is that? What did I write? Oh, Hannah's freaked out because she knows that if they're caught being all, like, gay, they'll be hanged. Like, there's no <laughs> zero tolerance there, right? Zero. And, of course, they go, back, they go back into town, and they're, like, having this talk, and Sarah's trying to, like, calm her down. She's like, it's cool, baby. It's fine. We're fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. And she, like, kisses her on the mouth. Well, guess who's watching? Crazy drunk-ass Thomas, right? They're caught. He saw them. But everything's cool. They both go back home. They go to bed. The next morning, Sarah oversleeps. She's trying to find her dog to feed him. When Hannah shows up and asks Sarah for help with her father, who is the pastor, right? Hannah's the pastor's daughter. Why is my my computer keeps going off? I have no idea why. I wonder if that's important. Going off to what? My computer's making weird noises. Like I it wants my attention. But that's it. Oh, damn it, Danielle. I know. Why? Okay, cool, cool, cool. If we can't finish, we'll we'll pick it up again. No problem. Okay. Um, cause it's kind of dense. Yeah. I didn't leave myself enough time. Where was I? Yeah, no problem. Yep, just tell me, be like, Christian, we gotta go, and then I'll splice okay. it in. We'll just do okay. a, a little bit of editing for this one. It's not a big deal. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, no, we're good. 
And it looks like the whole town is there. Blah, 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 blah. Oh. So Hannah comes to Sarah's house. She's like, I need some help with my father. And Sarah's like, okay, well, let's go check it out. So we get to Hannah's house, and Hannah's father looks, like, possessed as fuck, right? <laughs> he's just, he's, like, staring at the wall. He's whispering the same thing over again. He's not focusing on anyone or anything unless he looks at you like he's about to kill you. All bad sign. <laughs> All bad. It's not okay. Hannah says, you know, it only started that morning. They look to the Bible to see if there's anything that could help. Uh, she says her mother's gone to church to pray. And then she also says, you know, her mother kind of suspects that the two of them are a couple. And Hannah right. suggests that they somehow did this to her father by acting super duper gay. And, and right the as mom, they're having this conversation, Hannah's... Go ahead. The mom, the mom is the same, like, jerk, like, she was in later, like, in, in the current timeline. She's that the same, like, you know, she's the pastor's wife. So she's like, ew, I hate you kind of vibe. Right. Definitely. Mom's still a bitch. Um, but she bursts in on them and she kind of drags Sarah out of her house by the hair. She says that Thomas saw the two of them kissing in town and that he's telling everyone that they are together. Ooh. So when Sarah is like very publicly thrown out of the pastor's house, the whole town is just standing there staring. <laughs> She goes home. She finds her dad. He is super pissed. He asks if she was out with the pastor's daughter. And she's like, yeah, I was. But, you know, also half the town was there. And her dad tells her the story about how her mother was the one who chose the place for their settlement. She said that she could feel something in the air and the soil. And she just wanted them to live there. He says that it's his fault because he gave her too much freedom and he raised her like a boy. And then he leaves. And I thought this was going to be significant, but I don't think this ever comes back round about how her mother chose the place for the settlement. It doesn't kind yeah, of, I, it seemed like an important detail at the time, but yeah. I don't think it ever come back to that. I don't remember hearing it again. Like you, you're reminding me that either. it happened. So. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, Danielle, is, is 830 your time enough time for you? Are you yeah, pushing it for fine. my sake? Cause we can, okay. All right. I was going to say, I don't want you running around. Like, we, it's okay. Okay. No. So, in the next scene, we see Sarah. Mm -hmm. And she's walking through town. Or, no, she's in her house, right? And all the food has gone rotten for some reason. Right. Like, the food nope. that was on the table. Like, the bread has molded kind of instantly. And mm -hmm. the fruit is all spoiled. She opens this bag of flour to make some more bread. But the flour has, like, worms in it. That was gross. Um. Super gross. <coughs> oh, gosh. I'm sorry. Hang on. Uh, I was out putting the cover on the pool, and I think I may have swallowed a bug. <gasps> Flew in my mouth. That's yeah, super gross. Protein. <coughs> yeah, just... Pack it down in there with some coffee. Die. Um, and okay, quick trigger warning here for animal harm. It's like in the next few minutes, there's going to be some animal harm. I so, hate. I knew that you would. 
because we <laughs> we kind of brush over this as we cover it in our other books, but things never work out well for the dog. Nope. So she gets called outside by Henry, who is freaking out because the pig from the first scene has eaten all of its piglets. That was too And much. they show it. I agree. We did not need to see the pieces. Like, you could have just, we didn't need to see it. Um, yeah, it was not. But it did make me curious. I was curious about that because I know from raising chickens that they will sometimes cannibalize each other. Really? Um, and they will sometimes eat newly hatched chicks. So I'm going, okay, well, what makes animals do this? Um, according to Google, it's really rare, um, but sometimes pigs will eat their young. Normally, it's because, um, like in the wild, if a piglet is stillborn, they will instinctually eat the body because they don't want it to rot and draw predators to the other young. Um, I mean, I guess that makes sense when they're stillborn. It's gross. Right, but the aggressive attacking and eating yeah. of a baby pig, that's not normal. That's extremely yeah. rare, and it usually um, only stems from, like, some kind of a disease Okay, which I guess is what they're implying um, here because everything's going bad. So the pig went bad, right? Too, right. That is not a normal thing. Yeah, <clears throat> the only other yeah, the only other instance of that is if like a, like a, like a stillborn, and that's to protect from predators. And that makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. So something is messed up. So Sarah asks for the axe. She kills the sow, and she's walking through town, and shit is not right everywhere. It's not just Sarah's farm. Um, the fruit seems to be, like, spoiling in people's hands, right? Mm-hmm. And Crazy Thomas is, you know, out preaching about the crazy end times gospel. The men are trying to get the well bucket to come up, but it's caught on something. And again, trigger warning, um, when the bucket's pulled up, <laughs> it has the dead body of Sarah's dog attached to it. And, of course, everyone starts freaking out. The well is poisoned, and a curse has come down on the village. And Crazy Thomas is like, okay, who did this? Fess up. Come on, everybody. Evil's here. Evil's here. Come on, who was it? Because, you know, somebody's just going to be like, you know what? It was me. (laughs) I Sorry, everybody. You're like, I did it. Sorry Sorry about it. (laughs) Me. I'm working on myself. Um, I know you guys are going to be really understanding about that. Um, And just working on some things. Right? Yeah, not quite. Ain't nobody going to fess up to that, Thomas. No. He's delusional. And you cut back to Sarah's house and Solomon comes by. And this is where I wrote, I feel like he might have a thing for her, but it's hard to tell. He's pretty good. He plays it just right, right? Yeah. He's made her this little gift. It's a sheath for her big-ass knife with her initial on it. Mm-hmm. And she tells him everything that happened at the pasture party, like, and the thing with Hannah and how she thinks it's because she's in love with Hannah that she's brought the devil down and cursed the whole town. And Solomon's like, hey, you know, you're just trying some stuff out. And Sarah's she's like, no, 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 actually, I'm super gay. Yeah. He's Say it again? Weird. He's abnormally understanding. He's just like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. See, but I got, this is when I started to pick up that he was in love with her. Yeah. Because, like, the gift, 
the way he kind of brushes off her romance with with Hannah because he doesn't want her to have a romance with Hannah. Mm -hmm. Like, not because of stupid church reasons, because we've already established that's not his deal. Right. Uh, You know, so, so, yeah. And again... We're going to be on two different sides about this one because we all know how this is going to end. But at the same time, this particular color scheme is very hard for me. <laughs> um, my high school sweetheart had this exact same color scheme. This like pale skin and jet black hair and gray eyes it is very difficult for me. So I'm trying not to sympathize with him. It's going to be okay. Um, let's see. It's going to be all right. Uh, so yeah, so he's like, you know, don't worry about this thing with Hannah. It's just a phase. You're just trying some stuff out. She's like, no, 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 I'm super gay. Uh, I'm in love with her. Mm -hmm. And then he tells her that, um, you know, listen, nobody makes a deal with the devil by accident. It requires intention. And she did not intend that. And like I said, he's definitely probably in love with her, but even if he doesn't, he seems to genuinely care about her and maybe like what happens to her. And they get interrupted uh, by, like, screams from people, and they go outside to see what's up. They find the whole town at the church where the pastor has taken a dozen children from the town and locked himself inside the church with him. Solomon is the only person who thinks to run around to the back door and, like, starts trying to break it open, right? And these two other guys come and help him, and between the three of them, they are able to, like, break down this door. Right. So Solomon gets a weapon. He's like, listen, everybody stay here. I'm going to go check this out. So he walks into the church and we find the pastor. He's at the pulpit, but he's kind of got his head down and he's chanting. And the children are all sitting in the pews facing him, but they appear to be kind of like slumped over. So that's our first clue that things ain't right. And we hear this ticking, right? It's like a tick, 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 tick. And Solomon makes his way down the center aisle where he finds a pile of eyeballs. And that's where we're shown that the ticking is this pastor who has like a bloody little hook that he's tapping on the pulpit while he's chanting. And now we're shown that all the children are dead and the pastor has carved out their eyes and then his own I mean, and he says I'm- I can see now and then the rest of the town rushes in to the church and discovers the bodies of the children I just need to say that I was not loving this movie really up until this moment this moment took it over the top for me I was like yes Thank you. I'm like, why are you rating these things R? Because they're all rated R, right? They all have been, I think. Right. And I'm like, yeah. you're not using you're not using this well. Like in the other ones, they did, but they did. And then this one, I'm like, come on, already. Like something has to happen. Like you just you're being gross with animals, and I was pissed and I was mad. And now I'm like, okay, this was beautiful. As someone who loves gore and, like, that's what I live for and I watch a whole scary movie, I'm like, thank you. Genius. That pastor guy is so creepy. The eyeballs. If you – like, for someone who doesn't, like, love eyeballs, like, that would, like – that would just have the shit out of you. Like, I'm not scared of, like, eyes, but, like, someone who is, 
that would scare the shit out of you and have your eyes taken out. That was – it was Jeff's kiss. It was beautiful. Loved it. Agreed. The, rest, the whole suck. scene was well done. Was so good. It was so good. That's all. So I wrote, okay, this is amazing. Because, <laughs> um, like, I, I, I had to stop and watch the whole scene. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that just happened. So I was like, okay, this is amazing. Yeah. And I wrote, I knew when they were all kind of slumped over that shit was up. Um, but the whole thing was so wonderfully shot. Mm-hmm. Like, the cinematography of it was so well done. The order of things that we discover right along with Solomon, right? Yeah. And, like, I thought that the kids' makeup was very good. Mm-hmm. I will say I thought the pastor was kind of a mess. It was he a little was creepy, cheerier, but his, but creepy. Mm-hmm. his face looked like a mask. It looked yeah. like um, mm-hmm. kind of Leatherface style. When and they I almost kept waiting over. for his head to fall off. Yeah, when they get him on the – we're jumping ahead. When they get him on the ground – you see the makeup better and it's not as good. But when he's on the pulpit or whatever you call that thing and he has the hair hanging down in front of his face, it's a better effect than when you see it full force yes. when he's knocked over and you see the whole thing. Um, but that image of him on the pulpit is super scary. Like I was like that. And I am not a religious person and religious religion yes. scares me. So I'm like any but anything like that, I'm like, ugh. That's why like everyone makes fun of me because like everyone hates – like I hate the nun from The Conjuring. And I'm like, it's because I, I don't. I thought that was a great movie. I saw that in the theater. It was good. I mean, it wasn't perfect. I a blanket. But, it was, but that lady is so freaking scary. I'm like, if she ever appeared like behind me, I would just die. I'd be like, no, we're dead. The end. Like, it's just so, she's, that image of her is so scary. And it kind of gave me that similar vibe. Like, But yeah, I agree. Once the makeup is fully revealed, it was very masky. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> It kind of was. I, the only thing I could think about is they were maybe they were trying to say that if like you carved out your own eyes, you you would have a like a swollen face. Yeah, maybe. Um, Possible. But it, for me, it was distracting. It, it kind of pulled me out of what was like a very very good scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like shit just escalated really really quickly. We were kind yes. of slow jamming, and then it was like, oh, yeah, remember where we are. I don't know if that was intentional to, like, kind of lull us into, like, complacency. And then they're like, oh, remember where you are? This is some, like, good horror shit happening yeah. right here. It took a little so, too yes, long. We love the scene. Yeah. Well, and I'll come back to that because I have some theories at the end because I, I think I've not, – not saying that I've cracked it, but I think I understand <laughs> – um, why it's different. So among these kids is Ziggy from 1978 and Henry, Sarah's brother, who is in yeah. the fir- front pew. Sarah discovers his body and the pastor starts to kind of advance towards her like he's going to mess her up. And Solomon kills him with a pitchfork to the side. Crazy Thomas starts shouting about witchcraft and then there is a fade out. And we're only 30 minutes in. It felt so So, long. It felt so long to get to this point. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it felt really long. I don't know. We're only 30 minutes in of a two-hour movie. Yeah. So, good times. It was a real two hours, this one. I can see why. The whole town was freaked out, understandably. 
fave. Go ahead. I, I, I get why this one's not getting the most glowing of <laughs> glowing of reviews. Yes, I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the whole town is freaked out, right? Understandably. They have a town meeting. Well, the men do. Because if you've got boobs, yeah. you're not invited. <laughs> well, you, know, you can't blame them. You know, when we have periods, the blood is pulled away from our brains and we can't think in a way that's important. And also no one has shoes. So no women <laughs> at this meeting. And so the good, who is, I guess, Nick's brother, um, is leading the town meeting, right? And they're calling. They're going to root out the evil. They're super mad about all their kids being killed. And, you know, the pastor was a man of God. So it couldn't have been just that the pastor was a crazy fuck. Someone else certainly should be responsible for this. Probably someone with boobs. Yep. Um, and then Mad Thomas says that, you know, he saw a lot of kids out on the full moon the other night. It must have been them and all their debauchery. Um, and then Simon from 1994 gets up and is like, yeah, we, we partied and drank and danced, but we're young. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one was out there calling up evil. Sorry, guys. I don't think that's it. And the good guy tells all the parents they have to check their children for the devil's mark. He doesn't say what the devil's mark looks like. But, you know, he promises that if they're evil, they'll find a devil's mark. Um, so that should help everyone, right? Very helpful information. Thank you, Mr. Good. Mm-hmm. And then another dude gets up and says he has a list of names. Of evil people. And this is too much for our buddy Solomon. He's like, all right, that's enough. Like, do you have proof? No. Do you have proof? No. And of course, our douchey McDoucher, Caleb slash boyfriend from 1994 gets up. He's like, I've got proof. And he gets up there and he tells this whole story about how, you know, he was just sleeping in his own bed and Hannah came to him naked. And made him go out into the woods and she rode a red donkey or something Something, that turned into Satan. Who she like then had a threesome with uh, (laughs) with her and Sarah. And, you know, they made him watch. He didn't want to, but they they made him. Yeah. They made him watch. Uh, And that's, that's what it is. And then like a bunch of ladies at a knitting circle... They all got up one by one and talked about how they saw something similar. Yep. So Hannah and Sarah are now the town witches. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. I would not have survived in this time. I would have been dead like day one. I would not. (laughs) I'm I'm a person who enjoys skills and enjoys... Some of the things that they have to do, like, yeah. well, I enjoy them in the in the modern sense that, like, I have a stove that turns on <laughs> when I push a button to make things. I don't have to build a fire to make things. But you're a handy person. Um, like, you, like, could survive. I like being handy, but I don't like mouthy men. No. I would uh, probably, yeah. I would I end up help getting it, like, kind of going. Like, yeah, probably. Same. Like, I could probably survive childhood, but <clears throat> once I got into, like, teenage years, they would kill me. Because I'd be like, I hate all of you. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah, Don't too. Don't about your Jesus and your stupid. <laughs> like, I just want to go to the meeting. I want to go. 
I would end up starting like <coughs> a women's meeting that I would get killed because I started the women's version of <laughs> Well, you'd have to wrap it in something cute. Like it'd have yeah. to be like a quilting bee or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, everybody, everybody got their, their needles. And it's like the doors closed. And it's like, all right, let's talk about our guns. <laughs> like, gosh, when's the revolution? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Hannah and Sarah are listening, right? They're outside the window listening to the meeting. And of course they get caught. And that second they're named witches, they get caught. So they're fleeing town. Hannah, of course, falls because that's her role. It's what she does. <laughs> She falls. She's like, no, go on without me. And Sarah's like, okay, bye. And she <laughs> runs off into the woods. And, um, you know, they grab her. I don't know if they assault her. Kind of implies that they do. Um, and they drag her back to town and chain her up. Now they are doing a full-on search of the village and the woods for Sarah. Everyone literally has torches. This is a mob with torches. Yeah. Um, whole nine, right? And it, I did, I did feel like that was a little bit cheesy. Um. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, like again, because everything goes back to Disney in my brain. Like it just does. I just kept thinking of like Gaston, and I was like, "Kill the beast!" Yeah, kill the beast! Yeah. <laughs> Can't do it, and I'm like, nope. I get what they're doing, but like, also, really, okay. yes, Don ruined it for all um, these kids. Like, <laughs> kill. But me. you can also tell, like, uh, this will be a good place to kind of like do our little pause on because I know you're yeah. gonna go soon. Um, you can also tell that not everyone's on board with this, right? Uh-huh. We're getting. Some close-up shots of people who are super whipped up about it, but also alongside them are people who are just kind of looking at the people who are super whipped up about it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if they're hoping that they will calm down or maybe run out of steam yeah, or what the deal is, but they just kind of go along. Yeah. Um, it's a mob. <laughs> while this is going down. That mob mentality. <laughs> they're just like, well. It, yeah, exactly. Have you ever heard of the um, – the ash experiment? Mm-mm. Okay, so I had to look it up because I remember learning about this, but I, I looked it up again, and it's spelled A-S-C-H, if anybody wants to um, look it up further. But Ash was a psychologist who wanted to know if people would follow a group majority decision, even if they knew for a fact that the decision wasn't correct, hmm. like if it was completely against common sense. So he set up this experiment where, like, 50 college students were going to be given what he called a vision test, okay? Mm-hmm. He, he set them up into panels of, like, five or six. And the panel of students would be given a card that was a target card. And the card had a line drawn on it, okay? Mm-hmm. And it was a line drawn in, like, three different lengths. So it would either be, like, a short line, a little longer line, or a long line. That's the target card. Mm-hmm. And then the panel would be giving three cards underneath the target card with similar lines drawn on it. And all you had to do was very simple. You just had to choose A, B, or C, which card had the line on it that matched the line on the target card, right? And it wasn't like a close call. Like it was very obvious which one was the match. Very simple. Um, but what, what he did was 
on this panel, all of them except for one are paid actors. And he set it up in a way that like the actors would give their answers aloud first and the last person on the panel who's actually the subject of the study would then give their answers. So in the first few rounds, the actors would give the correct answer, you know, A is the match or B is the match or C is the mm-hmm. match. And they'd go right down the panel, A, 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 B, B, B. But on the fourth round, they're instructed to deliberately pick the wrong answer to see if the person at the end would go along. And what he found was that overwhelmingly people went along. Hmm. And he repeated this study over and over and over again. And he also discovered that the more people who chose wrong answers the faster the person at the end went along with it. So if you added 10 people ahead of you saying, it's A, it's A, it's A, even though you know it's B, that person would say A every time. Huh. And I think he was able to repeat the experiment like 12 different times with 12 different people, and it was always the same. Interesting. I'll have to look So. So, yeah, so the point of the study is, and the point of this little aside is, is that in this kind of mob mentality thing, the bigger the group around you and the louder the group around you, the more likely you are to go, wait a minute, do I understand what's happening? Maybe I'm, maybe I don't fully get it. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you start to think those things, like maybe I don't understand the question or maybe I don't understand what I'm doing. Like Mm -hmm. every person but me is saying this. They're not dumb. I know they're not dumb. So surely it's got to be just me misunderstanding the situation. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's probably what our holdouts are thinking at this point. They're like, I don't think this is right, but we know these people, we live next to them. We farm next to them. Mm -hmm. They're not dumb. It's got to be me. And then, there's, and then there's the whole Jesus element, religious element too. Like if, you know, if we're being, if, you know, the town has the devil and we need to get the devil out, you know, do I have the devil? Because I'm doubting, you know, what these people are doing. Like maybe I am have the devil, you know, too. So there's probably that. Well, and it was also very clever the way that everything was executed because it wasn't as if like this family's affected by this one person. It was like not only – is all their food fucked, which we've already talked about how that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, not only is their water fucked, which we've already talked about how that's a big deal. Yeah. But now someone straight up murdered all their kids. Right. So they're all, like, so, yeah, they're all traumatized too because all their kids are dead. <laughs> so. I don't feel like the movie did a good job of like building that tension. No. I feel like we just kind of got there. Mm-hmm. Um. Because we don't get to see it develop. We see these guys, like, measuring their dicks, but we don't, like, yeah. see the whole town uh, kind of yeah, get there. All, so like, that's why I was a little the, bit. Yeah. For the slowness that the experience, I feel like they they dragged on things for too long, but not important things. Like, I would have rather seen that. Like, we literally go from every single child in this place is dead to the dick measuring contest. And we don't really get to see, like you said, any of the consequences of that. Like, not that I want to see like a million crying parents, but like you don't see the tension in the town at all. It's just like, okay, 
they died. Here's a meeting. We're going to hang some pe- bitches. We're done. Like, and I feel like you yeah. dragged it out that didn't need to be dragged out earlier in this thing. And you could have got, you could have explored that a little more because I mean, almost probably, probably everyone in that town, most likely, or most of them lost a child. So that's a big deal. That's going to mess people up and not just, not just, and they didn't even really show like how it messed up Sarah's family and Sarah and the brother's dead, you know? So it was just sort of like, okay. Well, but yeah, <laughs> and the thing you have to realize too is that children are a resource as well. Right. Like those are your farm hands. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's also your, your lineage. That's, there's no retirement community. Like when right. you get old, if you don't have children who can take care of you, mm-hmm. you're going to die. Right. And what's more is this is a time where children die for no reason. Like, right. All the time. So to get these kids to an age of like, you know, that kind of middle adolescent age and then to have them slaughtered. Yeah. Right. Well, exactly. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah, I don't, I, I didn't agree with like the way that was layered in. I feel Me like mm-hmm. it was confusing mm-hmm. because we didn't take time to show we didn't do any fucking research no. on this movie Mm-mm. for this period thing. It was like, oh, we're going to – it's almost like a play, like a kid's yeah. play. Like, mm-hmm. let's pretend we're <laughs> – I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I don't know um, That's probably a good place to stop okay. because then we're going to jump back into the movie here. So let me – Yeah. I don't have my pen. I'm going to find – I'm going to put a dot of coffee – Awesome. Right there. That's where I stopped. And we're back. We're much more awake. At least I know I am. I've just had delicious dinner, so I'm feeling nice and full, very fat and happy. How are you doing, Danielle? Same here. Dinner. Good times. Much more awake. Huzzah. Okay, well, Huzzah. so this is going to be the, the most unbalanced episode that we've ever done. Um, but who cares? <laughs> Moving on. So I believe when we left you, uh, we were just talking about the ash experiment, uh, about why people follow crowds uh, or why why they make the wrong choice when they know like it's against common sense, right? Remember that? We talked about that with the uh-huh. panel. Okay. Yes. So that was very enlightened. Everyone really cares a lot about all that research that I did for no reason. Back to the movie. Um, So Sarah is sneaking back up to town, right? She's going to try to find her father. And it looks like they have either beaten him. I assume they've beaten him. Or he's like drunk outside the house. He's like slumped and kind of propped up outside the house when she finds him. And the whole town is just, like, hunting down Sarah, right, to kill her. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to find her way back to Hannah. There's a dude with a gun who's guarding the door, but she's able to distract him with a clever use of a rock to get inside uh, to see Hannah. This is where they're keeping Hannah. Um, Hannah says that, you know, she's going to be hanged in the morning, she tells Sarah, run, just just run. And of course, Sarah doesn't want to leave without her. She loves her. And then she has this like epiphany, right? Sarah does. If the whole town already thinks that she's a witch, fuck it. 
she's going to go and like find this widow and she's going to make a deal with the devil and she's going to try to save Hannah and burn the whole town to the ground. They want a witch. They've got it. And that's, I think I wrote, there's some good writing here because Sarah says that she's not afraid of the devil, but she's afraid of the people of the town who would kill them for no reason. And if they want mm-hmm. a witch, she'll become one. Yeah. I, th- I liked that line. I thought that was good. Yeah, I liked that. I liked that too. However, I thought it might have been a little bit out of character. I'm trying to think about like this time period and they're like obviously very religious. She doesn't seem to be that religious. So I, I question why she would believe this would work. Yeah. She's very confident when she may not really have been very confident. Well, because her whole point is that these people are stupid and crazy and they believe mm-hmm. things that are not true. So I just wonder why then she would be so confident that like she could actually conjure the devil, make a deal that would somehow work in her favor. I don't know. It, yeah. just, it just seems like we no, went from right. like not believing to like really believing a lot. Like yeah. it was a bit of a stretch for sure. Yeah. But it helps us with a our plot. We needed to get there, right? Right. So she goes to find the widow in the woods. She's looking for the book, but of course it's gone. And there's some like blood where the book was. She finds the widow and her throat has been cut. Um, And it looks like somebody's beat Sarah to it, right? So she goes to see Mm -hmm. Solomon, her only friend. Um, By the way, and I wrote, (laughs) I wrote, it was totally him. Thousand percent calling it right now. That fucker did this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> psychic it's like I've got ESPN no. or something um, mm-hmm. so the town shows up to search Solomon's house for Sarah right Sarah's hiding in like some kind of storage area under the house and the whole town apparently is just like searching Solomon's house above her and wait this storage looks kind of familiar yeah there's the mark on the ground we've seen this before this is the witch's mark and it's got in all the grooves carved into the ground it's like full of blood like all these little trenches are are full of blood mm-hmm. and oh look here's the book uh that she tried to find at the widow's <laughs> and we get a lot here we get a lot of yeah stuff happening here. Kind of a lot. They, it's like they do it in like a montage because he's kind of like information dumping, and they want to kind of walk you through it so you don't get lost. Um, basically, it was all Solomon, right? He's the one who saw Hannah and Sarah getting it on in the woods. Solomon saw that, and I, I think this was like um, this might have been like a jealousy thing because he's he's in love with Sarah. Yeah. And he saw her with Hannah. So he immediately runs off to get the book to make a deal with the devil uh, to get whatever he wants, right? And the deal is that he will give one soul every few years over to the devil. And in in exchange... um, Oh, and that's that's where, like, the names carved into the stones, that's where that comes into play. He speaks a soul aloud to give to the devil. Their name gets carved into stone, and they go crazy, right? Like the pastor does, does who just killed all the kids in town. 
But does he speak it or does the devil speak it? Like, that's, I was kind of confused. Like, does the devil tell him the name? In the montage, it shows him sitting cross-legged with, like, the the black hood on, which made me Mm -hmm. very uncomfortable because it was very reminiscent of, like, KKK stuff, just, like, with a point of the hood. Um, Yeah. That was a little bit, we could have done better on the design there. Um, Mm -hmm. He speaks the name aloud and then the name is magically oh, carved okay. into the stone, and then that person is okay. activated, right, as like a killer, and they go Got on it. like a rampage. We'll we'll come yes. back to that because I have questions. I have questions. They're, at the end, <laughs> we'll we'll come back to that. And so yeah, so just like he gave over the pastor when he first made the deal, and then the pastor killed all the kids in town and cut out their eyes, um, and in return they get prosperity in the land. And I think also he's supposed to get Sarah, right? That's the point. They don't come out and say that. I think it's just sort of like he's going to have a charmed life. Like he wants all these things that he doesn't have. And whether that includes Sarah or just like food or money, you know, whatever. You know, it seems like it's like you sell, you sell your soul to the devil usually because you want something, you know. And I think I think he made some mention of like, I want what everybody has, you know, kind of stuff like that. Like, you know, well, the family and you can, and, he goes yeah. on this like true evil villain monologue. Right. And it kind of ends with him pushing her up against the wall and he kind of like tenderly touches her face. Any, yeah. any doubt that we had about whether or not he's in love with her is gone. He starts telling her that he's yeah. in love with her. And basically like, this is, you know, I've done this for you and I've done this for us and it's not really a big deal. Like it's only yeah. one person a year. Mm-hmm. And he seems genuinely shocked that she's not on board. <laughs> like you can see I mean, it in his face. Like he cannot believe that this wasn't his hero moment. <laughs> um, I mean, one person every year. I mean, there has to be some shitty person. <laughs> I guess. Um, we'll come back to that too, because the choice of the people is also confusing. So yeah. he chases her out of the room and into the caves from 1978, right? We know these caves. They're both carrying torches so that she can't really be that hard to find, but he's still having trouble. And he's calling her back to him, right? Come back, Sarah. And she finds the big pulsing thing on the floor, right? She kind of runs past it. Yeah. She finds a hole in the ceiling that is blessedly free of poop. Hooray. So, so she starts to climb up there. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't pooped all over yet. So she starts to climb up there and then she gets pulled down, of course, at the last minute by Solomon, who totes intends to rape her. Like, that's what mm-hmm. this is. Now we've transformed into a rape scene, which I personally cannot handle in a movie. I will skip it. I will walk out. Can't do it. So I was like, I had my finger on the button. We didn't get that far, but I was ready. Um, yeah. And he kept telling her, you know, don't fight. He loves her. But she bites him, okay? And he goes to stab her, and she kind of, like, throws her hand up. And he slices at her hand and cuts it almost all the way off at the wrist. Danielle, talk about this sequence. <laughs> Am I the expert? You are. Um, I, you know... I liked it, but I kind of felt it was a little cheese ball too. 
Do you feel like it wasn't good? It wasn't up to the same tier of effects that we've had so far? Mm -mm. Yeah, I felt that way anyway. I mean, I understand you're showing the severing of this hand, but... Right, We we had to show that, you know, but yeah, I felt like the effects quality dropped a bit. Like I wanted... For this big moment that was supposed to be like, this is the missing hand, you know, <laughs> like you, I wanted a better, I wanted more from it. was so it. good till now. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. what it is. We've mm-hmm. set the bar real, real high. And this is an important plot point. Um, yeah, it's important. Mm-hmm. And it just looks super fake. Like it just looked like a rubber hand. Totally. Especially like when it's getting more cut off, like, you know, and it's like against the rock. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, well, but that's the next part of it, right? Like he doesn't cut it all the way off; it's kind of hanging a little bit, mm-hmm. and like gets pinned yeah. to the stone. So then, her next yeah. thing to get away from him is to pull it the rest of the way off. And while I really, really appreciate this, like, mm-hmm. I it reached me on a different level because she yeah. would rather pull her hand the rest of the way off than be with this fucker and without the person she loves. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it came down to. She's yeah. not fucking mm-hmm. around. And I don't know if I or could why do not keep her hand and like run away with the, I don't <laughs> Like she's at was a place stuck? like doing things that I don't think that, yeah. Well, he had pinned her hand. I think he had pinned it oh, with the okay. knife. Oh, you're, to the yeah, I think you're right. Okay. So okay. he thought yeah, so he had, had kind of secured her there, right? And yeah. she'd kind of fall mm-hmm. into his clutches. But instead, she's like, fuck you. And she pulled her yeah. hand the rest of the way off. It was a badass move. It was just crappy yeah. effects. Yeah, that part was. Yeah, for sure. It was just crappy effects. Yeah. It wasn't the sequence. It was just the effects, I think, that were a bit of a letdown. <clears throat> yes, agreed. I did not expect it, though. I will say that I had no idea that's where we were going with this. I thought that we'd just cut our hand mm-hmm. all the way off and be done with it. But they took us to a different level with that. So I really do appreciate that part of the plot. And um, I, I had always cut off her own hand. Like, exactly. for some reason. Exactly. And now we're getting like, a oh, different version now. of things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're getting the non-white dude version of things. Just makes you wonder, like, right. what actually happened in history. Like going yes. forever back, the non-white dude history version right. of it. Yeah. Oh well. So she gets away we'll from him. She wraps up her like bloody stump, right? And yeah. she's still trying to find a way out. <laughs> she sees moonlight and she starts crawling up through the stonework. And she uses her legs to break through the floorboards and come up through the floor of the church. And this made me think of Kill Bill. Did you get Kill Bill vibes? And- and also, it's exactly what Ziggy's sister did. Right, right. It's Some synchronicity yes, there. It was a callback yeah. to that, too. Mm-hmm. Also, completely unbelievable. I understand that she has an adrenaline spike, but those look like two by sixes. No way in hell. Yeah. No, you'd be stuck in the ground. Yeah, sorry about sure. it. <laughs> um. So she stumbles kind of out of the church and then Solomon comes out behind her, grabs her by a hair and announces to everyone that he's found the witch, right? You jerk. So now 
both girls have been marched out to the hanging tree at dawn and they're trying to get them to confess before they're killed. And Sarah looks at Hannah and she confesses to all the things, right? She says, I'm a witch. I bewitched Hannah. Uh, you know, she's trying to save her. She's taking all the blame, hoping that, you know, Hannah is the pastor's daughter. They'll drag her off and then they'll, it'll just be her that gets tanged. So yeah. she's, she, it works, right? Hannah's innocent. She's just a victim. They drag Hannah away. Solomon walks up and starts putting this chain around Sarah's neck. Um, and she promises Solomon that the truth will come out and that she'll haunt his ass forever until the truth is known. And they hang her and they bury her under the tree. But later that night, her friends all come back. We see Simon and Kate and uh, Hannah. And they move her body to a sacred place. Y'all, bury her deeper. I know this is a nice thing that you're trying to do for her, but <laughs> please bury her deeper. I'm just saying. They did not bury her at all. Not at all. It was It was like, oh, let's just throw some dirt. <laughs> well, I mean, they've had a long day, right? But this, this is the wilderness. Like, Sarah's going to be eaten by various animals if you don't bury her a little deeper. Um, so yeah, so they moved her body. They're the ones that put the stone in the place that said, you know, here's Seraph here. I don't remember what the stone says. Oh yeah, I don't remember either, my bad. But that's the reason that in 78, when they dug up the body, there was a stone instead of a body because her friends moved her. Um... And then we see all this like moss stuff kind of grow out from her body and her hand. So th there's kind of a secondary curse about the goods. And it's not really about shady side at all. It's, it's around this one dude. And I have to say the writing part of it, like this, like the story part of it, I thought that was really beautiful. I thought that was really well done. Um, from a plot perspective, like we brought everything kind of full circle, all question, you know what I'm saying? Like we still have questions, but as far as like, here's the story we're telling in a way that's not what you thought it was. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, me too. The storytelling part in this one has generally been good, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And we're going to get to that at the end. We're going to talk about it a little bit um, because I think I've, I think I've sussed out why everybody hates this movie so much, but I, I think it might be about confusion. Um, so now we're back in the present. We're outside the car in Fear Woods. When I say the present, I mean 1994. And there's some on-screen text and it says 1994 part two. And I was so excited here. I did not expect this. I didn't. Did yes. you expect this? No. I didn't either. I thought we were going to get a whole movie of like crucibles and then mm -hmm. like just a little bit of wrap up in the end. But they spent a full yeah. hour in 1666 and they're going to give us another full hour in 1994. Yeah. It was, I liked it. I was happy I was with very that. excited. I was like, okay. Cool. Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. Very good. 
All right, so according to the status bar, we still have a lot to go, and I can't help but wonder if this is the same person. Like, did she curse Solomon with eternal life? Or does he just get reborn over and over? Oh. And of, at, that's where I was at at this I point. Like, of course, we, we get that answer a little bit later, but as I was watching, I was going, okay, now wait a minute. Is this the same Solomon? Or is he just reincarnated? I did but, not even think that. Because I thought maybe that would be part of her curse. Like, but no. Um, so we're back in the woods. Dina saves Josh from the sheriff. Somehow the sheriff knows that she knows. I don't know how he knows that she knows, but he does. Um... Because as far as he's concerned, they just drove out to the woods. So how she could know yeah. all the stuff, I have no idea. So she tells <laughs> Josh, you know, okay, it's it's good. Like this, there's this whole montage about it. His whole family going back generations has been speaking these names. And then the people go crazy and kill everybody. And then the devil feeds on the blood of the dead shady ciders. Okay, I missed all that somehow. But that's, that's where she's come to. <laughs> Um, they get out of the woods. They steal his police cruiser. That was a ballsy move. Uh, Dina tells Josh that she knows the truth, that she was back in time. She saw everything. All of the Sunnyvale, uh, prospers and the goods take positions and power in the community and shady side sucks. So they choose people from there to sacrifice. The goods do this over and over for generations. This also explains why he was so lackluster about filling out all those reports. Remember, I was like, oh, he looks so bored. That's because he already knew what was going to happen. And my cutie from 1979 that I wanted to believe was just a little chicken shit was also responsible. (laughs) We see him in the flashback. He's calling out Tommy's name and it's getting written on the stone. But what I don't understand is why he activated Tommy and then tried to save everyone. Yeah, that is all. That is weird. Why? I mean, isn't that breach of devil contract? I would think so. I was very confused by this. Yeah. Because he's been the yeah, whole I would think the devil would trying to save everyone, including Ziggy. Yeah. He even brought her back to life. Yeah, I really don't think he would be... He would be like... I really don't think the devil would be like, yeah, that's cool, that's cool. Because there was a point where she was dead. (laughs) Like, the debt was paid, and he kind of brought her back. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like... Yeah, I was also confused. I didn't, like, put a lot of thought into it, but I was also confused. It's confused. Yeah, Yeah, from what happens happens from here on out, there are so many, like, why did you do that? Um, Mm -hmm. Moments that it is a little bit difficult. But we're going to get through it. Okay. There's still 44 minutes left. So... Josh makes a good point that if the killers were after them before... Now that they know the truth, it's going to get worse. He's going to send more killers after them. And yes, we cut back to that creepy puddle thing and it starts like birthing more monsters. 
Nothing is we so get, weird. So weird. And they don't really explain it, really, other than, like, it's the, I Ever. guess, maybe the portal? Maybe that's the, the hell portal that they come oh. out of? I don't, I don't know. So weird. Super weird. Um, uh, yeah, I guess they would have explained it. I feel like maybe they had, like, a bucket of this, like, latex stuff. <laughs> hey, guys, we got to use this. <laughs> Um, just sitting around oh god let's make this the portal oh I like that yeah so we cut back to Ziggy's old house where they tell her all about Nick and she is just as brokenhearted as I was um, because you know me and Ziggy we have a thing for Nick and Dina <laughs> announces that the only way to end this is to kill Nick good end the cycle Ziggy says that she called him. She asked him for help. And then they grab Sam and get out of there. But where do they go? Josh has a business card from that rando that he helped escape from the police station. Sure. Sure. Let's go there. And you can guess (laughs) where he lives. On Fear Where? Our rando from the police station lives on Fear Street. So they roll up in a police cruiser. They ask for help to kill kill the sheriff. And this dude's like, yeah, I'll go get my coat. (laughs) And they all go to the mall. I guess this dude is like a security guard at the mall. And that's how he has a tie-in. But anyway. I think so. So they're all standing outside of Gadzooks. God bless it. Um... (laughs) If you were a DJ in high school, you mostly shopped at Gadzooks. Um, (laughs) So here's the plan. They're going to use Dina's blood to lure all the monsters to the mall. Okay. They will try to get the monsters into stores and then rig the store gates to quick close. Meaning that they will go down, quote, faster than a shady side cheerleader. Uh... I thought that was hilarious. I laughed out loud. (laughs) So then um, they lure Nick into the middle, right? They're going to carry him. They're going to throw back to 1978. They're going to dump blood all over Nick. And then they're going to open the gates up so that the monsters will all go and eat him. Are we all clear on the plan? We are clear. Okay. It was you made it make more sense than they did. <laughs> it was super confusing. Yeah. <laughs> because I watched it with my mom because she needed something to watch. And I was like, okay. And she had watched like half of the second one. And I was like, you'll figure it out, you know. And we were both like, what's happening here? <laughs> like, I was lost. I was like, okay. Like, well, well, I thought it was so convoluted. It's like, does each monster get its own store? How many monsters yeah. can they like, hold in the store? Like, why can't they all just go into Spencer's? Like, why or whatever? Like, you know, that, yeah. I didn't get that. So we get another mall <laughs> montage, right? Spencer's. You got to love your black lights, don't It'll, you? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I wrote here, do you feel like this, uh, what was his name? Milton? Like, his character's kind of random. Did we mean... Yes. Milton? No. I mean, we could have tied in 
someone else here. I yeah. Just, it was so, like, is he somebody's nephew? I don't understand why we wrote this dude apart. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. It was completely unnecessary. We did not need a security yeah. guard to tell us that we could rig the gates to come down faster. Like, they could have written something in about how, like, one of them worked at the mall once or, you know, like, I don't know. It was real dumb for him to be there. I have no idea why he was there. It was very distracting. But, okay. So, they're walking around the hanging tree in the mall. They're getting everything ready for this plan. And... Apparently, like, there's this flashback. Oh, Martin. His name is Martin. There's a flashback with, like, Martin in the jail where, you know, the sheriff is showing where he set him up for, I guess, going down for tagging all over town. Mm. Like, all the tags about the witch and stuff like that. That was really Sheriff Good being a dick. Um, yeah. Yeah, because they find spray paint in his car. Again, this whole this whole plot point thing that they're doing is real stupid i didn't pay attention it's completely distracting slowed everything down we could have gotten out of there so much faster <laughs> i really tuned out like i know we'll talk about it at the end but i really tuned out i was like doo, doo, doo. yeah it slowed way I down and, and this yeah. martin character is part yeah. of the problem um so we flash back to dina she is dousing herself in CK1. And I'm trying to remember, excuse me, I'm trying to remember what CK1 smells like. Oh, CK1. That's like, uh, that's. The boys used classic. to wear that at the skating rink, but I can't remember what it smells like. Oh. <laughs> it makes me want to like seek it out. I bet we can find some on eBay. Um, I bet. I know you can find, like, Gap Dream and stuff like that, like, all the old I school. love Gap Dream was my smell, was my signature scent. I love Dream. There's, like, a great meme that went around, or, like, a little reel or something that was going around about all, like, the 90s girl scents. And it was, like, if you were a hoe, you had this one. And if you were nice, you had this one. And it was so true. And the one that was the hoe one was the one from Victoria's Secret that everybody had and it was purple love spell or something and um, it was like purple i guess i was I a hoe because i did have love spell, a hoe? and i did yeah. have um i had love spell and i had amber romance which was like a vanilla smell oh <laughs> yeah. i'm sorry calling you a hoe reels called you a hoe i didn't call you a hoe <laughs> oh you're not the first don't worry um <laughs> You sprayed so, yourself before you went to the wall like a cloud. <laughs> no, well, you gotta, you have to puff it and then walk into it. Yeah, you go and walk puff and then you walk into it. <laughs> Free advice. There's there an go. art form. <laughs> uh, so she's dousing herself in CK1. Josh is trying to pump up Dina in his like super nerdy way, right? And they hug, and he gives like Dina gives the war speech, right? She cuts her hand. She bleeds into the bucket. Shit is on. Okay. They're rigging and spraying paint and all kinds of crap that I don't understand. And we almost get a full song here, uh, which is nice. And then there's black lights and we see what they've done. They've marked stuff up with like arrows. Cool. And useful. I didn't the cops show up and he's 
you know, they've got guns drawn. We see a couple of people from the past showing up as like local cops now. And they end up getting sliced and diced by, uh, what do we call the old dude with the melty face? Does he have a name? He's the one that like stabbed the crap out of Ziggy in 78. He's got like a funky oh, yeah. old man face. Mm-hmm. It's got like jowls. Do we ever get his name? Yeah. I don't know if we ever get his name. Or, you know, they say it so fast in passing, like he's Bob. And you know. Right, every, right, right, right. When they when they go through the list of people. Because I don't right. know the baby's name. Weird baby thing. This is where the spin-off could could do very well. So we could have a, a movie for each one. Um because they each have kind of a history and a backstory as long as they don't do it like uh this the monsters have arrived at the mall everyone takes their positions and more ck1 for dina she's trying to mask the smell of her own blood i guess that's the only thing i can think is that they won't be able to smell her if she smells like a 14 year old on a date um Monsters are led into shops, and they are locked in one by one, and everyone has their own shop. But oops, the bookstore gate doesn't close all the way, and Ziggy has to push it the rest of the way down. And it looks like they've captured about four monsters. Nick arrives, yeah. and Ziggy goes out to meet him to draw him out. And everyone else takes their positions for stage two. Nick looks so much better with a beard. Like, I cannot tell like, you how much better he looks with a beard. It's so much better when I can't see his face. Yeah. I um, I didn't even realize when the movie first started and we met Solomon that that was the same actor. That's how different he looked to me. Yeah, it's, like, it's striking. going along this movie. And then I think not till, like, the middle. I was like, hey, oh, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> well, because when he's like got all the, you know, Jesus thing going on with like the long hair and the beard, you just see his brilliant blue eyes. You don't see the rest of his stupid face. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's way better. Um, yeah. So they have this little moment, right? There's a montage between Ziggy and Nick and it flashes back to all those romantic moments in the science lab. And... Ziggy drops a bucket of blood onto him, although we're assuming it's diluted blood because, you know, Dina's still alive. Um, and in a twist, before Ziggy can get away, Nick grabs her and he says that if he dies, she dies. And then he gets stabbed by the skeleton monster and lets go of Ziggy, who runs but still has Dina's blood on her, right? So she gets attacked by the melt-faced monster, and he's about to stab her again. Because remember, this is the same guy that killed her the first time. When Dina cuts her hand open and gets all the monster's attention. Ziggy takes her shirt off and throws it into the mall, and Milton, Josh, and Ziggy hide in a store with the gate down, while Dina goes into some kind of, like, back hallway of the mall, right? She sees a grate in the floor. She crawls down there, and she seems to know where she's going, which is weird. Did I miss the part in the lore where they explained why the town split and specifically why the devil feeds on only shady ciders? 
I think it was just that he, that's what his curse did, I think. Well, but there was, I, at some point, there I was think. a split of the town, and that's never gone into or explained. Because they were all Union that in 1666. Oh, right. And then they split into Shadyside and Sunnyvale, but they don't go into why or how. Let's see. Here or did I go. completely Googling miss it? it? Please Google, because I... This is the point where I'm like, okay, now wait a minute. I should understand this by now. Because you know how sometimes you're just kind of like holding out, like maybe I just need to wait a minute and they're going to explain this. But by now we should understand this. Explain the two sides of the town to me. Like the creation of a better side and why only the side was affected. Blah, blah, blah. I think that part of the story largely alludes to capitalism. They don't specifically address it. But we know Sunnyvale was established in 1666, and we know the old Union settlement is located in Shadyside, but close to the border of the two towns. We know good. Why do we know that Sunnyvale was established in 1666? I, we don't. Maybe we, we don't. Do. They're inferring maybe they're, that. Maybe they're, assuming, maybe they're assuming that Union is 1666. You know. Okay. Well, we're getting caught up on the wrong things, I guess. But that's never explained. That was a huge hole for me. I needed Solomon to Solomon must establish Sunnyvale based on his current property. And some people moved to be closer to him. Union was abandoned after the dark happenings and Shadyside was built further away in the opposite direction. Solomon's no, it house wasn't. Was the mall is in the place where the meeting town was. Shadyside is where Union was. Yeah. So it makes sense that maybe they moved out to his property because he didn't live in town proper to be closer right. to him because he said he, he yeah, because he talks about that. He said he knows that mm-hmm. land is workable and can be fertile. And part of his deal with the devil was for the prosperous land. So maybe his land then became fertile and then they all, that some yeah. of them moved out to be close to him and the ones that stayed became shady side. Okay, I'm there. Yeah, I think that's sort of what they're saying. Okay, got it. Sorry, I had to. It was hurting my brain. Um, okay, good to know. So now Dina's down in the caves from 1978. Josh, Milton, and Ziggy have this brilliant idea. They spray some of the monsters with Dina's blood. They're using super soakers. Again, another nod there. So that the monsters would attack each other. Also, why did I miss... Oh, I put also... Did I miss why everything has to be blacklit? <laughs> Other than no, it's cool. I didn't get, I didn't get it either. <laughs> Do you know how many black lights they would have to hook up for that to work? It's tons. A ton. Because everybody and their they dog, had like. Fight. They had to out spirit. Like, they woke things up. And they weren't cheap. Like, not spirit, sorry. Spencer. <laughs> yeah, they'd have to get it from Spencer's. But, like, even if, like, because everybody went to Spencer's to get a black light bulb, thinking that they were going to, yeah. like, plug it into their room and like turn their room into a black light only to realize like it only fluoresces when you're very very close to it unless you have lots Mm -hmm. and lots of black light bulbs right and the amount it would take to light up this mall okay whatever we're getting stuck on the wrong things again (laughs) sorry i get well this is our logistics we can get stuck on whatever we want (laughs) the logistics sometimes make me angry 
because I'm someone yeah. who, who thinks things all the way through and I'm going, that's yeah. not going to work. That's not going to work. And I understand we have to suspend disbelief for entertainment. I get it. Um, but this was pretty far out of the box for me and completely unnecessary. Uh, we don't know why they did this. So, but it works. It works. Just spraying the monsters with Dina's blood. They start attacking and killing each other, right? Sam breaks free and uh, goes down in the caves after Dina. And the three up top are now um, thinking, you know, they're celebrating victory until some of the other monsters start to show up. Because remember, they only had four out of like, I don't know, 12 yeah. And the, it's like, it's the kid with the bat, and then they can hear Ruby Lane kind of singing in the distance, although I don't think we end up seeing her. We mm. flash back to the caves, and Nick is preaching the Gospel of Solomon, how it's been 300 years, uh -huh. blah, 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 blah. And Sam shows up and attacks Dina. She's choking Dina out, and she seems to have a moment of, like, remembering Dina. And she hesitates. And Dina kind of rolls off her and slams her head into the floor. Um, this is all going on simultaneously, right? Up top, Josh is fighting Ruby Lane and gets slashed and his arm gets broken. Before Ziggy shows up, uh, excuse me, before Ziggy shows up and shoots her. Hey, Ziggy, show up and shoot her faster next time. Maybe before Josh gets his ass kicked. <laughs> Because it was a minute, and it was like, then they showed up, and bang! And I was like, you could have done that five minutes ago, but okay. Yep. Back to Dina, who's crawling across the cave floor and runs right into Nick, who has a big fucking knife. Oh my god. It is a hand machete. He's holding the crocodile Dundee knife. <laughs> I don't know where he got it. And he stabs Dina in the stomach, okay? Up top, all the monsters are reforming. Josh and Ziggy and Milton are out of bullets. It's not looking good for the, the trio up top. Below, Dina is fighting with Nick, which is crazy because she just took a knife to the stomach. And Nick yeah. is saying that she's going to be famous for killing her friends and, all her, and her brother. And Dina moves his hand over into the blob, the big pulsing blob thing. And you can hear Sarah Fear talking. She's saying that that's the curse when she was hanged and she distracts him just long enough with a montage of all the bloody killings, uh, bread slicer included, okay? And the bodies of all the dead kids just long enough for Dina to raise and stab Nick in the eye. And the second she does, all the monsters upstairs just explode. And there's like happy music. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the living blob thing just kind of deflates and goes, you know. And <laughs> Dina wakes up Sam, who is now okay and not a monster, right? And if, mm -hmm. and Sam asks, you know, is Dina okay? And she takes off her shirt to reveal. That while they were in the mall gearing up for battle, she had duct taped a bunch of books together to make, like, body armor. And they are all Fear Street paperbacks. And while I thought this yeah. was cute, 
it was also dumb because we all saw yeah. how deep that knife went, right? <laughs> but uh-huh. cool, she's okay. I'm still kind of she's on guard though because we got like 15, te- 15 minutes left, right? Go ahead. Yeah. No, I didn't say anything. Sorry. No, I just wanted I to get your take out. on the book body armor. Oh, I thought it was cute, but yeah, it was not. It was not realistic. <laughs> it was cute, but, was but cute. super dumb. Because he like went all the way to the hilt with his crocodile Dundee yeah. knife. There's no way in hell. Yeah. Um. So they all leave Nick down in the caves and they crawl out into the witch room where they all see the names kind of crumble off the stone and the witch's mark disappears from the floor. They climb up and out through the door and into like a fancy kind of like den slash man cave. And we realize they're in the good mansion, right? There's a family tree on the wall that shows the goods. And it goes straight up for a while. Whoops. They walk out onto this manicured lawn. It's all bloody. And they're all, like, bloody and dirty, right? And the neighbors, these, like, rich neighbors across the street kind of stare at them as they get into their car and pull out into the street. Where the car is immediately hit by a garbage truck. And we hear the newscaster voiceover saying that shit is about to go down in Sunnyvale and that Sheriff Good was a serial killer. So all this, like, privilege for Sunnyvale that's happened, you know, all this time while the deal has gone on, all that's over and the Sunnyvale people are going to get garbage trucks. Uh, I don't know. Because it's all their fault. It was was kind of funny. It was a lot. So we're now back in Dina's house on Fear Street. Josh's arm is in a cast and they head off to school and there is like a little post. It says something about like whoever the the parent is in this house got an interview like on a little post-it note. So all everything points to that like things are going to turn around for them, right? There's a yeah. cut scene to Ziggy returning her notebook to Nurse Lane and like giving her a big hug. And then we're back to Ziggy, like, or excuse me, then we're back to Dina dropping Josh off at school. And he's like, hey, are you coming in? She's like, no, I got something to do. And, uh, you know, later we get this little clip of Josh and Milton. They're working out the early versions of an MP3 player and trying to, like, suss out how they can get more (laughs) memory and make it, you know, whatever. And uh, while they're doing that, they're trying to sell it out of the back of Milton's car A girl comes by to sign Josh's cast, and she signs it with her screen name. And we realize that she's the girl he's been talking to on AOL this whole time. That was so cute. So cute. There's time. There's there's hope for Josh, right? I love love that. I thought that was super cute. It was adorable. (laughs) We cut back over to Dina. She's got what looks like two Burger King meals. Uh, that she's brought out into the woods. Sam and Dina are in Fear Woods, and they cut. Ca- wait. Oh, and then they carve into a rock Sarah Fear, the first shady cider. Okay. And then they make out. They're just standing in a bunch of that red moss stuff, and the credits start, but I don't trust it. I'm going to hang around. And yes, we get flashes during the credits. Uh, Flashes of the mall, flashes of the hanging tree. 
and the utility hallway into the mall leads us down into the floor hatch and into the caves and the place where the witch's mark was on the floor now sits the book that was in the widow's cabin great big call the devil book is just hanging out in the middle of the floor and we see someone reach into the frame and grab it and then it's over for real the it looked like a girl's hands to me or a kid's hands they look very skinny but i'm not for sure yeah but yeah i really don't have a clue Yeah, it looked like a, yeah, it looked like a girl's hands to me. Um, but that's just me. Uh, so that's it. That's the end. That is the end of all three uh, things. Uh, we're going to have some open discussion here before we close out this final little mini-sode. We want to thank everybody for coming on the journey with us. We don't usually do movie reviews, but it's kind of fun. You don't have to write a script. Um. Mm-hmm. So I wrote things I still don't understand. <laughs> and we already talked about <laughs> how and when did the town split. So I can mark that up. We don't have to talk about that again. Okay. Check. Why is it Dina's blood thereafter? Because she went to the grave and touched the remains? I'm guessing because that's been the continuity throughout the whole thing, right? Like if you touched it. Kind then... of. But if you'll remember, in 1978, you just had to be from Shadyside. Mm. So which is it? I can't. And all those other victims of the past never touched remains either. Yeah. Very confused. Um, I, I just thought it was because she touched it at some point. But... I thought so, too. But, like, I mean, maybe it's both. I don't know. Maybe in the absence of someone who's not touched her hand or her remains in any way, yeah. we just kill people from Shadyside. Okay, uh, cool. We never explained Ziggy's alarm clocks. Nope. I would like to know. That seemed I'm like such a pertinent detail. Like anxiety thing. I it guess. has to be it has to be some type of anxiety thing. I mean, were we just trying to show that she's not okay? I think so. It's really just to be like she's not normal. Like she has issues, you know. Okay. It just it's, it it's seemed really like such a very specific right? detail. Um no, I, that I, it would I, come I, back but... into play. Um, but okay. Yeah. Next question. Who calls I, the monsters off and when do they stop? That's a good question. Cause I understand how the monsters are made. He sits, he speaks the name, you know, he gives he gives a soul and then they go on like a killing rampage. But like is it always twelve victims? Is it Who stops them? I would think it would be like somehow they're connected to the devil, right? So the devil would stop them. I'm very confused. 
Because, like, okay, so Ruby Lane killed all of her friends at a sleepover. That wasn't 12. Um, And are they only stopped when they're stopped? Uh, Mm -hmm. That would make more sense. Because Tommy would have kept killing. So maybe that's what it is. Like, they just keep killing until someone kills them. That could be. That could certainly be true. Um... But yeah, that's the that's the rest of my questions. Did you have any questions before we go on to ratings? No, I think I had similar questions to you, and I okay. think we figured it out. Okay, what do we give it? What did you give it out of ten? I gave it, I think, a solid six and a half. Okay. you um i i gave it a six i gave it a six out of ten um and i deducted one point uh for doing so well on the costumes until the third movie because all it took was a tiny bit of research that's all i'm saying so you lost a point there uh i deducted a point for some dumb stuff in the final battle scene Like, the book body armor, the black light. Um, I thought it was a real cheap nostalgia play. And it really took away from that deep storytelling that we just came off of. Um, I felt like we were in a commercial. Yeah. Um, I took away one point for having completely pointless character. We did not need Milton, Martin, whatever the hell his name is. (laughs) Um, and then I took away one point for not being very scary. Correct. Mm-hmm. I right? agree. It was not. We had one good scare and then. Okay. Well, but I. Nuts. I think I figured. I think I figured it out. So. Okay. What we have here is too many writers in the room. I need you to pick a lane. Mm. because we got the first movie, solid Scream vibes, solid Halloween vibes. We had some gore. It was scary. Decent plot. On board. Great. Second movie, hell yes. Camp slasher all the way. Very, very well done. It was scary. Third movie, we had two movies. Okay, cool. You can have two movies. We liked this part of it. However, most of 1666, with the exception of one scene, was a very beautiful drama with horror elements. It was not a horror movie. You could even argue that it was a romance with horror elements. It was not a horror movie. We go back to 1994, which could have been classified as a horror movie, But we were so hung up on these cheap, nostalgic plays that we completely, like, pulled the rug out of any kind of, like, tension you were building or um, dread of these monsters. It just, you you made it so campy that we're not scared anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And we went into this last movie thinking... We had a decent horror movie. We had a better horror movie. This is going to be a great horror movie. What we got instead was a drama that was very good for a drama. But we didn't get a horror movie. 
which is yeah. kind of what yeah. we signed up for. Yeah. I, I felt a little too. bit duped, right? Mm-hmm. I have, yeah, I would, I would agree totally. But like I, I said, I, bit. I thought parts of it were beautifully written. You know, we had real emotional. I thought the cast was great. Um, I thought you had good actors, which is cool, because if you didn't have good actors, you wouldn't have a movie. Without the actors and the casting that they had, it would have been so bad. So bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it could have gone It could have gone off the rails, <laughs> for sure. I think the actors carried this one quite a bit. And... Mm-hmm. And it, it is, I, I will say, the last one is my, my least favorite, just like everybody else. Um, because, again, we just, we couldn't decide what movie we were making, right? And it's okay to have layers, but if you're going to feed me a horror movie, it has to be scary. And if you're going to feed me a drama, I need more plot elements explained so that I can be more emotionally invested. And if you're going to feed me a romance, then I need more comedy involved. So it's like, I, I need you to pick a lane. And it, everybody was so confused by the end, we just decided that we hated it. I don't think it was a bad movie. I think it was convoluted. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I just, I think I think we're both on the same page about it. Like we, we both had a similar review of it. I gave it the extra 0.5 because of the eyeball scene. Oh, so I good. I almost that. felt like it was like <laughs> a scene from a haunt. Like if yeah, you walked into so like I a really it good haunt. Five for that. But yeah. I think, and it's hard because like I talked about on the last one with 1978, I was super biased and that's going to be my favorite no matter what, probably. Right. Just that's because that's what I like, you know, right. but, and we are, I, I did go into this one with some prejudices about which movies, cause I'm tired of them and they're never done that great. And, right. and, and I'm glad they didn't really dig into the witchness of this. Like, oh yeah, they're witches, but they didn't like do a whole thing and like go into it. So I appreciated that. Like we didn't get another witch trial history lesson, like all the witch movies like to do. I'm glad they just were like, yeah, they're witches, the end, <laughs> you know, and we're done. But yeah, I think I agree. It just was, it was too many movies in one movie. I was invested in it when we were in Union and it was going there. And then once we left Union, I, and we're back in the, whatever, not modern times, whatever we're in, 90 something, right? We're, I was lost. I was like, I'm out. They just took like, I felt time I was with out. it. Like there were so many Ooh. things that were not necessary. We had that random character. Yeah. We had all this blacklight bullshit. Like I understand you want to give a nod and, you know, there's always a montage of like getting ready to fight the monsters. Cool. Yeah. But it, we could have done it half the time. I would have to look at the run times and see which one was the longest or if they were all similar but this one felt like it's runtime. Like when it said two something hours, it felt like two something hours. One hundred percent. Like I was well, like, it, "Are we done?" <laughs> it was. It, it drug on for a minute. Mm-hmm. It's once we got to like the modern whatever the nineties time, it was dragging for me. And you're well, I totally it, agree that the kids carry it. <laughs> what they have done 
is set themselves up really nicely for an ongoing thing. Um, mm -hmm. We can, you know, like I said, we, we could get movies for each of the monsters. We could get movies. Yeah. Um, remember uh, when we read Party Summer? And it was based yeah. a little bit on Simon Fear, and he told a little bit of the like lore of Simon and his wife and settling the town. Yep. That was probably, I don't know, uh, a good 150 years in the future past 1666. So we could easily mm -hmm. have a movie about that. Um, yeah, they set, they're setting themselves up nicely if they do want to explore the universe or create their own sort of universe which i think the director had mentioned like oh we want to do like an m you know a horror mcu type you know deal. yeah i'd be on like, board you know is but we gotta we gotta get some cohesion amongst yeah. the writers mm -hmm. i think it could that go south it. real fast if you're trying to create if you're trying to world build it could go south and i think they have they have to do more quickly don't rush them, but they have to do more quickly to strike while the iron is hot. And they have to release them in this same way. Like, boom, boom, boom. You know, right. like, we're not going right. to wait 10 years. Agreed. It's got to come out next year at the latest, you know. And it's got to be bang, out the gate. Or you're going to lose people because everybody is so like, I'm done. You know, like, yeah. once it's done, it's done. Everything is disposable. You know, so many things. Except The Office. The Office lives forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> but, like, and I can put know, it on and rewatch it back to back. Right. Like, always. Yes. Agree. On that note. Yeah. But this will not yeah. live forever. <laughs> it will not live forever. And we can't hold everything to the standard of The Office. Um, nope. But I did like talking to my friend about the movies that our show is based on, and this has been a lot of fun. If it comes out in the future, we will totally cover it. We will go totally. check it out. Yeah. Or if there's new news movies, movies, we do it. Yes, we hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for coming with us and rambling along with us. I know these are really rough kind of episodes, but, you know, grab some coffee and sit down and think the thoughts of us. Think like thoughts. you're talking to us. This is how yeah, we talk. Yeah, you're hanging so, out with like, us, and we love you. Ever we're like, I want to hang out with them. This is it, guys. This is it. This is, it. This is your chance. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so thank you once again for listening, and thank we will you. see you back very shortly with a brand new episode. Um, yes. And uh, we're doing Fear Street next. Oh. I think it was. I haven't decided what we're doing, but we're oh. gonna do Fear Street next. It's anyways. a surprise. It's a surprise. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.